This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Two major media publications in the United States have announced massive layoffs. Sports Illustrated and the LA Times are laying off huge swaths of their employees. Kevin Shaw has been following the story closely, and so have I, quite frankly. Kevin is the host of Mind Your Own Business on AMI-tv. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Morning, Dave. Kevin, I, you know, there's actually quite a bit to get to in terms of some backstory, but Sports Illustrated seems like the place to begin because forever that was considered the bastion of sports journalism. And it really felt in the last four or five years with a bunch of ownership changes and uh, dwindling quality of the product, this kind of felt inevitable. And don't forget the scandals. And the scandals, that's right. Yeah, it's really the end of an institution, I, I think. Um, you know, Sports Illustrated has been around for, I mean, decades um, and, and is really one of those uh, uh, sort of American as apple pie kind of publications. Um, you know, it's certainly part, become part of the culture and uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what, where, where this goes next. When you refer to the scandals, that's uh, moving towards artificial intelligence-created articles. There's also been a lot of issues at the ownership front here in the last couple of yep. years. It was bought by a hedge fund for a little bit and then was sold to a yep. brand management company. They're opening Sports Illustrated Resorts in Mexico. But at some point, <laughs> they just kind of stopped doing the great journalism. And that's with all due respect to great writers like Pat Forty, who's one of the best football writers breathing totally. oxygen on the planet. Sure, 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 and and I mean, you know what a what a what a niche it's created for itself as the sports magazine. Um, you know, if you're, you're not if you're not in Sports Illustrated, you're you're basically nobody. And the types of stories that that SI has run over the decades have, have really just shaped journalism, sports journalism particularly. Kevin, let's put Sports Illustrated to the side just for a second, because I think we could do a little bit of synthesis here once you bring in the L.A. Times side of the story. The yeah. largest set of layoffs in the paper's 142-year history. What do you believe led to that set of layoffs? Well, the, the landscape of the industry is is really shifted. I mean... A lot of people will say, well, it's the internet and it's blogs and it's, uh, you know, X or Twitter and, and TikTok and so forth and citizen journalism and so forth. But I, you know, with newspapers, I think they just got away from from just telling the truth and, and listening to their audience and giving the audience a product that they wanted. Um, you know, I hate to be the one to say it, but I, I think that's what's happened over at the at the L.A. Times and, and I think a lot of other newspapers, too. And I know The Washington Post has been going through some challenges as well, uh, you know, along with with other sort of major market newspapers. And they really can't compete when you've got journalists who are putting out product on Substack that is blowing them away in terms of editorial, in terms of 
um, of, of actual journalistic coverage, doing investigative stories. Um, and I, I think that this is a, a shift that we're seeing in the industry where we're, we're actually going to see more of this, I believe, rather than less of it. Uh, and I, I don't think the LA Times is is the first. I don't think a lot of other papers are immune to this. Mm. Um, and, you know, the way to get out of this is to just tell the truth and write good stories and, and you know, politics be damned. It really speaks to the reality that at this point there's one profitable national newspaper in the United States, and I mean like a journalism newspaper, and that's the New York Times. It's the only one that has a subscriber base and a profitability model that's working for them right now. For now. For, for now, for now, but I, I think they've at least carved themselves a niche. But Kevin, once, once a company like that sort of sucks up the oxygen, it's really hard and it just turns into a battle for all these other legacy brands. If they're not bringing the same quality, they're always gonna be running into this wall. And then the reality is, if you're gonna lay off 10% of your workforce, or in the case of Sports Illustrated, nearly all their workforce, the, yeah. the, the, the fact is, if you diminish your quality, you're not going to be able to beat the monolith. So I took a history of news course in grad school and one of the themes in that course was aggregation and disaggregation. And we talk about um, uh, all of these players coming in, you know, these, these big monoliths, uh, you know, the Sports Illustrated, the, the New York Times and so forth, that have really gone out and, and sucked up all of, the, all of the local news feeds and sort of put them into one place. And now we're at disaggregation where all of that is basically being broken apart. And what is going to happen, I think, is that uh, the 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 good things are going to rise to the top before they're all aggregated again into yeah. some type of yeah. publication. I, I think we're going to see Sports Illustrated either reborn under under a new name, or we're going to see um, you know a whole bunch of sports writers come together and say, you know what, why can't we just do what Sports Illustrated did and make their own thing? And that's going to yeah, that uh, was rise up. <laughs> From the grassroots. That was the athletic, and then it got bought by the New York Times. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but and Kevin, I th I think that's the push and pull here right now. When I think about the media landscape, that for a mm -hmm. long time, if you wanted to go off and do your own thing, you needed at least a medium sized to big sized platform to get you started. Right. That was the launching pad that then allowed mm -hmm. you to go do your own thing. And with some of those big platforms diminishing, it makes me wonder how easy it is for someone to make a big jump. But the positive side of it is there's going to be a lot of great independent writing, independent podcasting, independent yeah. filmmaking. And it's never been easier to put that stuff out there. But I still just wonder about getting the eyes and ears on this stuff because it is a crowded crowded marketplace with some quality and a lot of quantity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I agree. And, and, you know, I think what is, what is going to rise to the top is real journalism where they tell the truth and give the audience a perspective that, that they can't get anywhere else. Um, you know, it, it, it reminds me of uh, sort of the, the early days of, um, of radio or television where there was a lot of experimentation happening and a lot of people had to figure out what didn't work before they realized what did work. And I think in, in 
the world that we live in now where we've got a mini computer in our pockets that that's basically a multimedia you know television radio station newspaper all rolled into one we're going to find people who know how to use that technology and innovate with that technology to the point where we're we're going to have uh you know i think a few really really strong players and uh, a bunch of kind of middle of the road players and and a whole bunch of mediocre players yeah. um, not not every podcast is going to make it to the top um, you know, just at the same time that, that not every YouTube video is going to go out there and get a million views, mm -hmm. but the people who've been able to do that have, have produced really, really great product. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what emerges after, uh, Sports Illustrated sort of goes the way of the Dodo. Yeah. I, I do think about specificity versus broad-based, uh, content as yep. well, right? I, like, I think about if somebody wants to listen to a fantasy football podcast, they just want their fantasy football. They don't want seven minutes of fantasy football with 42 minutes of other stuff. And it, it's actually a real challenge for someone like myself who sits in a broadcasting chair, right? How sure. do you make a general interest show but still make sure that you're hitting these interests in a, in a meaningful way uh, th there's a great pot a sports podcast network uh, based out of toronto called the steve dangle podcast network that is this mm -hmm. wonderful independent darling that rose out of a couple of and they had a couple great hockey podcasts and they had a basketball yep. podcast they had to cut the basketball podcast because it didn't fit into the core identity of their business. And it's terrible and it's really too bad, but the reality is their customer base wants hockey, not basketball. The future is narrow casting. Totally. And, and you know, the, 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 the great saying of the ancient Greeks was know thyself. And I think <laughs> that holds true in... Uh, you know, in in the modern media landscape that we're in, we're we're 24 years into the into the new millennium, and uh, I think a lot of the business models and the legacy business models that that were there pre 2000, pre 1999, were are, are models that that are not just dying, but I I think dead. Um, mm. And uh, it's only taking us just this long to realize that. Uh, you know, to complete drawing the chalk outline around uh, around the industry. Mm. Kevin, it's kind of a downer, but I also find it very interesting. That's kind of the story of my life. Have yourself a great day. Thanks for your perspective. You too, Dave. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's Kevin Shaw. He is the host of Mind Your Own Business on AMI-tv. Coming up next, Vancouver area residents are still reacting to a 48-hour transit strike that took place last week. Elizabeth Moeller and Marco Pasqua reflect on how a situation like that impacts commuters with disabilities. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.